Welcome to the Man Up, Man Down podcast, presented by Volker Baluda and David Pawsey. We discuss the pressures and challenges faced by men approaching middle age that we're often too embarrassed to speak about with our friends. You can find us online at www.manupdown.com. Enjoy the show and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Hello, listeners. So today's topic is sleep. No, no, not, not me sleeping, although I could do with a good snooze. Actually, I just had a snooze. So sleep, why, why do we want to talk about sleep? As, as, as we get older, I mean, looking at my grandparents or remembering my grandparents, they used to need less sleep. So they got up in the middle of the night, they were pottering around, and you know, then they snoozed in the afternoon. I say I love sleep, but I look at sleep from a very scientific perspective. Dave, what, what do you think? What, what's sleep for you? Oh, well, sleep is, well, you know, I think I've spoken about my, my pillars that I have to have in my life to uh, make sure that I'm on an even keel, and sleep is definitely one of those. Yeah, I mean, sleep has always been an issue for me. I sort of distinctly remember, like, waking up at four in the morning like every time I used to hear the milk cart sort of go past um, my house so it's sort of something and yeah I just find like you know if, if I've if I've not had a good night's sleep or if I've had a week where I've had a few nights of not getting great sleep then uh, that yeah. turns me into a bit of a monster and exacerbates everything so irritability yeah. etc I absolutely hear you um so I'm an early bird, so I get up, I mean, I train myself to get up at five o'clock and I wake up at five, 5.30 naturally, that's my time. I love it. You know, I love when it's quiet, I go to the gym at six o'clock, you know, there's hardly anyone there, or it's the same people, right? But I need to be in bed by nine o'clock, 10 minutes very latest, so I get my good seven hours sleep. And if I had a drink and... You know, at the time of recording, I just kind of come, come out of point of like three, four weeks not drinking or five weeks almost. There's a difference it makes, right? Just having a bit too much to drink and balance it and what it does to your sleep. So you get less deep sleep and, you know, it's it's crazy and it gets me grumpy. But then because I get up so early, I do need my lunchtime nap as well. So I need my 20 minutes, 10 if I'm pressed for time. If I say lockdown was a blessing for me because, you know, no office anymore, right? I just went upstairs, 10 minute, 20 minute nap, and, and you know, I'm totally refreshed. So that's how sleep works for me. And, and weekends, you know, I'm, I'm not sleeping longer. I'm not one of these people, you know, in bed until 11, 12 o'clock. I can't. I've, you know, I get bored, like, literally. I mean, Unless I'm ill, then, then I can sleep. That's sort of the thing that, that you know, I just associate with, with pre-children days. You know, it's like once you have children. <laughs> and I think, again, it's that thing of, of um, well, I guess it's sort of one of the things we talk about, but it is almost that habit that once you've got used to getting up at a certain time, even if there is, you know, a bit of variability in, in it, you know, it, it's like you can't, even if you're away for a weekend without the kids, you're like, oh, I'm going to have a nice long lie-in. And, yeah, you wake yeah. up and you're awake, and then you're like, well, I might as well get up now. What, what worked well on holidays for me, actually, because we, you know, 
no no one wanted to get up at five right appreciate that <laughs> uh, and we we shared rooms with the kids in, in some venues and sometimes we we didn't but still my, my wife likes you know she likes to sleep for the nation right she 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 does like a lion um so what what helps me actually if i want to sleep longer i meditate so i, I meditate in bed which means i normally fall asleep after about 15 20 minutes and i'm so relaxed i get another hour hour and a half if i'm lucky but then i normally don't need to nap in the afternoon of course and on weekends so my my routine if if i if, if i can subject to kids you know as you say right it's all subject to kids to go for a really good gym and sauna session on a Sunday morning, like a proper two-hour me time. And I come home, I'm totally exhausted, have lunch. And then especially this weather now, as it gets colder, I put the fire on. And an hour and a half, two hours in my comfy chair in front of the fire, just to catch up on some sleep and really relax. Perfect Sunday. You're laughing. <laughs> oh, no, it just, uh, just sounds... Uh... <laughs> like an old man. Oh, but yeah, no, it just sounds idyllic. And I'm just sort of thinking about, yeah, no, I, I, we've got a wood burner, but I wouldn't, wouldn't get away with, uh, with that. Well, I don't know. But I mean, it's, well, it's interesting thing that you, you say there about, um, well, just about sort of you start the day, well, you start your Sunday with like esteem. And, um, yeah. I mean, that's sort of one of the, the sort of misconceptions about, um, I think sleep. But, you know, it's that thing of, oh, you shouldn't spend more than an hour, you know, like an hour before bed, you should turn your screens off and stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, sort of, I know that there's, you've done some research and, and read read some books on the subject. Yeah. Um, so it will be interesting to see when we compare notes on our different experts on this subject. You go ahead with, with your experts first. You, you're better in research than I am. <laughs> Well, um, so this guy, Nick, Nick Littlehales, um, he's, he's definitely worth uh, doing a Google on. But, um, well, he started life working in marketing, I think, for like a mattress company. But he sort of well, just ended up getting into to a lot of research with sleep. And to cut a long story short, he um, then became a sleep consultant for Manchester United. He's worked with Sky, cycling team. I mean, it, it sort of came about as sleep sort of being one of these, you know, athletic disciplines that's massively, it, well, yeah, no no one was really focusing on sort of recovery aspects, yeah. which obviously sleep is a, is a very important part of. And, and one of the things that he said, I've, I've sort of watched webinars with him, and um, one of the things that he said is that, I mean, sort of a, a very simplified version is the more sunlight you get during the day, the more serotonin your brain produces, which in turn then produces melatonin, which is what helps you sleep. So it's, yeah. it's sort of, I mean, he sort of talks about how, I want to say sort of back, you know, when we lived on the plains, but I, I guess to yeah. a certain extent, you know, it, it's sort of, it's only really changed since the introduction of electricity. But, um, you know, he said that, you know, we'd, we'd spend so much time outside and then, so, you know, your body basically gets, and your brain gets so used to light meaning awake and darkness being yeah. asleep. Yeah. So then as a result, I mean, one of the things that he says is that, um, well, daylight saving time, that was something that was introduced sort of during the First World War, but it was it was sort of more about conserving energy. 
But he said, you know, that sort of almost that shift means that we've sort of become out of sync of our body's natural sort of relation to the sun and and daylight. And so as a result, you know, that is what he says causes the um, seasonal, was it seasonal affective or affective disorder or sad? Yeah. Um, But I mean, the other thing that he talks about is sort of the... You know, everyone talks about the, you know, eight hours sleep is what you need. But he's he said it's mm. it's actually sort of thinking about, well, we have like there's a 90 minute cycle where, you know, we go from light sleep to deeper sleep and REM, yeah. etc. And he said, you know, his thing is you've got to think about it as sort of five cycles during a 24 hour period. Um, and, you know, and he said that that sort of that yeah. the whole sort of sleeping in one block when you know before we had electricity and we had lights you know you couldn't yeah. do anything and, and and also interestingly sort of talks about how this is how you know sort of burnout has become a thing because well before the introduction of, of you know decent lighting system we'd naturally have to rest at, at points because you couldn't do anything yeah no and i i, I know what you mean it's i mean Let's talk about seasonal um, sets, seasonal... No, I forgot the word as well. The disorder, anyway. Because a friend of mine talked about it, and I have one of these lamps, I just put it on, that's why my face looks a lot brighter. I know, appreciate it's a podcast, so you, you, you can't see it. But it's a very bright light I bought a few years ago from a company called Boira, just, you know, in case you're interested in sponsorship. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm using it every winter without fail. When it gets a bit dark outside, um, so like today, it's a bit darker, so not a lot of sunlight. I don't get out as much anyway because I'm sitting at my desk all day. So just put that lamp on it. It imitates sunlight, and it's supposed to, you know, give me that stimulation. As you say, it, it should help me with sleep. It should help me to stay awake better, you know, just, just feel better. Um, so the seasonal um, affective disorder doesn't, you know, doesn't affect me as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you didn't quite finish your sentence in terms of, sleep you know and like sleeping at night obviously when it's dark you know we used to sleep but then we also nap more during the day i remember when when i grew up it's quite interesting um oh, oh by the way on, on the note of war on, on first world war and um daylight saving time i think it's just such a you know we should just stop that seriously i don't i don't think anyone needs that anymore but well apparently it was uh, it was the germans that introduced it first and then the, the british followed you know, what, what should I say now? But uh, don't, don't, you know, who, who wants to follow the British at the moment with uh, the economic uh, <laughs> uh, measurements? Although speaking to a lot of Germans this week, at the time of recording, of course, that is, um, you know, the, the Chancellor has released this mini budget. Um, so hopefully by the time this goes live, everyone goes like, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but yeah, they did the U-turn and everything is fine. But I spoke to Germans this week um, and, and he said, oh, it's, it's the same over in Germany anyway. So it's kind of like, you know, everything is fucked the whole world is fucked right oh i mean yeah inflation is rife yeah across the globe but anyway we're digressing from sleep but yeah the the reason i made exactly that link to germany there because i remember um growing up and and again supporting my grandparents they used to have have a sign in in their flats a block of flats mittagsruhe so you know after after lunchtime quiet hour kind of you you would translate that 
um, between one and three. And a lot of shops used to close between one and three o'clock in Germany when I grew up. And obviously that all changed. And uh, I, I remember a friend of mine, his dad used to sleep for an hour, hour and a half, you know, doing, you know, doing lunch and then, you know, worked in the evenings. He was a GP. So I think it was more common to have this lunchtime nap. And, you know, if, if you look at other thousand European friends, you know, I think it's, you know, it's a fantastic habit to have. It might mean you have to work a little bit longer, depending how long your siesta is. Um, but it splits up the day a little bit more. So my expert, I say expert, Tim Ferriss, you know, you know, Lafa hates a guy. He's done a lot of self-experiments. And if I was a lot younger, but I guess then I wouldn't do this podcast, I probably would do a couple of things he has done. But anyway, so he has this book, The 4-Hour Body Week, where he talks about lots of things. Um, and one is sleep. And he experimented and he, he went from 20-minute nap and six hours core sleep all the way down to six times 20-minute nap. And those six times 20-minute naps got him, as I say, as much sleep and recovery time as the six hours plus 20-minute nap. But it had to be on the same time every day. So if you travel or so, you, you know, it's not practical. But if you, if you wanted to try that for, for a stint of, I don't know, a few months whilst you're at home writing a book or really need productivity, I think it's possible. But, it, you know, it's, it's almost the, the stress of missing, missing something. And, I mean, I can, you know, to your point, I get grumpy, right, if I don't have enough sleep. And I often say to my wife at the weekends, right, if we if we go out or so, I said, you know, I'm not going to go out until I have my 10 minutes, right? I just I just need that because otherwise I'm going to be really grumpy. And she goes, like, oh, just take your 10 minutes. And she knows how grumpy I get, right? Should we sleep less? It's it used to be it used to be this better of honor, right? Oh, I can burn the candles on both ends. You know, I'm I'm going to go to bed at one and I get up at three. You know, I only need two hours sleep. You know, Thatcher, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, talk about politics again. Sorry. But it's it's not working. It's it's not sustainable. Yeah, we need sleep. I mean, you know that, right? You t- talk about sleep and recovery from you know from a well, sports I mean, perspective. If we go to uh, completely the other end of the spectrum, I found a, an article on Psychology Today just about um, how the CIA used sleep deprivation for torture, sort of in the period after the nine eleven attacks. Um, and, and basically, it said that they'd keep detainees awake for up, for up to 180 hours, and at least five detainees experienced disturbing hallucinations. Like in this article, it talks about the fact that obviously, you know, you can only sort of do experimentation, well, you know, human experimentation for a sort of certain period of time. But it says that the first signs of sleep deprivation basically, feelings of fatigue, uh, irritability, and difficulties concentrating. Um, and then sort of, you know, the more sleep deprived you are, you have problems with reading and speaking clearly, poor judgment, lower body temperature. And it says, yes, for ethical reasons, professional researchers never pushed the deprivation process beyond this point with human subjects. Uh, researchers have used animals for more extreme experiments. And the inevitable result is that prolonged sleep deprivation will eventually kill a creature. So, yeah, you know, I think yeah. that it sort of, well, and, and there's sort of, other research i was just looking at the connection between mental health and sleep problems and i mean there was sort of a debate about whether you know lack of sleep causes depression or does depression cause lack of sleep and i mean they've effectively found that that it's a well as they phrase it a bi-directional relationship between sleep and mental health 
So yeah, it can sort of work both ways. I mean, you, you just mentioned it, poor judgment, right? I mean, we all we all know that phrase, right? I'm going to sleep on it. Yeah. Right? S sleep on it before you make a major decision. Yeah, there's a reason for it. You know, you you know, have a good night's sleep, let your brain process what's 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 happening, what you want to do, make a decision on. You wake up the next morning, you go like, ah, oh, yeah, let's make that decision. And it's 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 true, right? It's again, look at my grandparents, right? There was no rush to make decisions. Mm. You know, the world was a slower place. I think it has changed. I mean, trying to constantly improve our performance. And it's proven. I mean, if, if you look at Tony Schwartz, the energy project, or, you know, any other experts in, in productivity as well, um, and, and, and energy, right? It's if, if you try to work, and, and I had had coaching calls on that, I don't know how many people that push themselves, right? They start working really early, don't take a break. The, the performance goes down and down mm -hmm. and down. You, you're not as good in performing. And even if you sleep eight hours at night, right? Because you burn your you, you burn your body out literally. You you you're working towards a burnout, and it's it's just not sustainable. And if, if you don't sleep or you don't sleep as well, well, I mean that's, that's like another thing that Nick Littlehales yeah. talks about is, um, well, you know, he he doesn't refer it to to it as naps. He talks about um, com controlled recovery periods. And I mean, on one of one of the sort of presentations I saw. Basically, <laughs> there's literally is um, work that he was doing with some Formula One teams, and you know, literally, there's like a, a picture of like a, a racing car driver with their helmet on, lying in what almost looks like a, a dog bed. You know, having this like twenty minute sort of well nap but recovery period. Yeah, and, and basically, it's well going back to the whole incremental gains. It's you know those sort of things improve improved performance yeah absolutely and as, as, as i say you know with with my with my nap so I, i give you the example of today um which is not an untypical day for me where i go to the gym really early really power myself out i'm, I'm at my desk 8 30 or so get a lot of work done but come lunchtime because my body is tired you know even if i had a good night's sleep you know my, my brain starts going all over the place right mm -hmm. if you've had a busy morning just having these 20 minutes just to realign your, your focus, just, just to process things. Perfect. I mean, I don't know if I actually put that in the um, in the show notes, in our preparation notes, but I don't know if I ever told you how I started napping. Did I? No. You, you said that it was um, in, in relation to um, when you were oh, looking after people at university, university. in the dorms. Yeah. Now you remember, well done. Exactly. So I used to be a warden in halls um, in Aberdeen, which meant every other night I was called out middle of the night, right? I had to deal with some stupid, stupid students doing some shit, you know. And um, so it meant I had interrupted sleep. So I worked as a bouncer as well. So I, let's say I got into bed by one o'clock, you know, I just slept for an hour, hour and a half, and then some student messed something up. So I got a call out, was up for an hour, sorted that shit out. And then I had to go to uni for, I don't know, nine o'clock. I don't know what time you went to uni back in the days. Anyway, so as soon as I got out of uni, I, I had a nap just to refresh. And I'm like, this this napping works, right? I can I can nap and I'm feeling refreshed. 
So I did a little bit of Tim Ferriss there and started experimenting. And um, uh, I ended up, when, when, I, when I did my um, first degree, I studied for 45, no, 90 minutes, which is a good study time, like really concentrated for 90 minutes. Then I had a 20-minute nap. So everything I, I, I've done really sank in. So I had my 20-minute nap, had a coffee, another 90-minute concentrated, 20-minute nap. I, I got a good degree on the back of that. And I think part of it is, is it's just this really, you know, really timed and, and, and rigorous routine. And it really worked for me, you know, and um, I don't think I had any, any uh, negative effects on me. But, you know, a lot of people envy me for being able to nap. But to be honest, you know, it, it can be a pain as well, right? When when I drive and I'm really tired, you know, I, I could just fall asleep like mm-hmm. that. It's just, uh, so, so I have to watch it. Because, yeah, like, a lot of people, you know, when they go on a plane, they go like, oh, yeah, the, the engines are running you up in the air, or I can now take a nap. What happens to me often, I, I get into the plane, I nap for 10 minutes, then the plane takes off and I'm right awake. <laughs> It's just like I can sleep on the spot for better or for worse. See, I I sort of really struggle to um to sleep like anywhere that's not my bed. So, you know, if I'm really? like going away somewhere, you know, in a new in a new bed, you know, it take always takes me a while to sort of adjust to it. So yeah, going on holiday. But so again, this is sort of part of, of Nick Little Hill's sort of philosophy. It's it is almost just getting back to the bare basics. He he's like you know humans are built to be able to sleep anywhere. We we can sleep on hard floors and and also I mean another thing that he talks about actually is basically mattresses and pillows don't are a false economy almost that um that you know you should be laying flat pretty much and, and well you know again sort of anthropologically speaking. It's like getting in a fetal position where we protect our genitals and our like body organs, but it, it's sort of creating that straight line, sort of so down the spine. Yeah. So he sort of talks about if you're sleeping in one position with a pillow, that might be comfortable, but then when you turn over, even if you're asleep, you sort of you realise that that's quite a difference in changing position. Yeah, that's. Int- I mean, to be honest, I I used to have a futon. And I tried to convince my wife to have a futon. For many years, we did. Uh, I really liked it. She she didn't so much. We now have a mattress, um, like a memory foam mattress, and I really like it. I, but I like to f- like a firm, firm mattress and you know, firm cushion. You know, I have one of these special cushions, but my neck doesn't. You know, I don't wake up in the morning with a stiff neck. What I would love is beds that are a bit longer, but that's I guess that's just my problem. You know, my feet are always sticking out. But what you said earlier in terms of, of the bed, you know, when you're away, I think that's normal. I, you know, <clears throat> but I can sleep everywhere or anywhere, really. I can nap anywhere. Mm-hmm. Sleep in a hotel room. It, it always takes you a day or two to get used to it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's totally normal. So, um, I mean, do you have like an evening? I mean, I've obviously sort of talked about how, yeah. you know, Nick talks about that you, you sort of, it's your actions from the moment you wake up that determine how well you'll sleep that night. But he does also sort of talk about, you know, the importance of a routine. I mean, you know, a lot of it is, is sort of quite well known about how, I mean, he, he's, his thing is that we should stop referring it to it, to it as the bedroom. It should be the sleeping room. 
and he's yeah. like that and that's all you should be doing in there to well to the you know Volker's making a face to the extent that I mean he he sort of works with with you know like celebrities and rich people in say like rich people but very wealthy people yeah. in in like designing their homes so he'll sort of design like sleep pods and you know sleeping areas but yeah. yeah i guess where the fun happens will be in a different area he is you know he's like when it comes down to it and yeah he sort of also talks about how you know sleeping with with someone in the same bed is is well you know pretty bad he's like if you if you really want to improve your sleep yeah you you sleep on your own and you you know it's in a space where there's nothing else going on I'm, I'm with him on that, right? So, if, if I wasn't married, but if if we had a bigger house, I probably would want to have my own sleeping room, which I would make a lot colder than what my wife prefers, like, uh, which is personal preferences. Um, so, so I get that. And, and and funny enough, again, let's let's talk about the Germans again for a minute. Not because I want to talk about kinky stuff, but <laughs> the Germans have two different uh, blankets, right? So if you have a double bed, and, and every Brit complains when they go on holidays, they go like, why do I have my own blanket? And then they come come back from a week in, in Germany, and they go like, that was nice, I had my own blanket in my bed, right? But the Brits have a joint blanket. It's quite interesting. I, d- I don't know how that happened. Um, but I know, for a fact, my parents, for instance, have two different mattresses in, in their double bed. So they can always both choose their own mattress. And they have their own duvet right so they they don't pull each other's duvet and, and wake each other up in the night i think it makes perfect sense very efficient very german but from the kinky stuff i mean i don't know even if i was wealthy would would, would you have i don't know would you have two different bedrooms one for you one for your wife and then then you have another room just for shagging you know, um, know bondage room or whatever <laughs> well you know we uh, i'm not sure <laughs> we, we like to use every every room in the house but uh... <laughs> But no, I, I I do. I mean, we're you know we're lucky enough to have a spare room for sleep for me to go in if I can't if I'm having problems sleeping. But I mean, I was sort of saying that you know I, I sort of first heard um, Nick's talk. Well, it must have been earlier this year. Well, I guess that coincides with getting Archie the dog as well. So I am sort of, I guess I am walking more regularly. But yeah, no, I haven't been going into the spare room as much. But um, I mean, it's it's funny actually what you said about um, about meditation and you know going back to sleep. And there's been yeah. times where I've woken up and I and I've done that and I've basically had the elbow in the ribs. Like, why? Why are you? You know, why are you breathing so heavily? And it's like, well, you know, <laughs> meditating to get back to sleep. The, the other option you have is, is having a wink, right? Let's talk about it. Um... <laughs> You know, I think both both methods totally relax you, right? Both methods could potentially wake up your partner. So you're in the doghouse either way. Um, there was just, again, very timely. I listened to a podcast this morning in the gym uh, about Stephen Bartley and I think James Smith or so, or some, some fitness guru. And they were talking about that, right? Um, about the pressure release. So, you know, whatever relaxes you, right? I mean... There's, there's nothing like a body scan meditation at three o'clock in the morning if you can't go back to sleep and, and your brain goes on overdrive. You know, it's it's absolutely, you know, fantastic. I, I don't know about the wank, of course, right? But I heard it, it helps as well. I can't comment on that. I, I did I did some research and I was very, very oh, careful with my, my Google searches for this. 
Uh, and the article's entitled Does Masturbating Help You Sleep? I mean, it sort of talks about the um, like the chemicals that are released. Well, so when you orgasm, your body releases a mix of neurochemicals, including oxytocin, toxin, serotonin, vasopressin, and prolactin, all of which can help prepare you for sleep. But then it sort of talks about, you know, how it can energize you as well. But in short, it's it's sort of almost more the placebo effect. But you know, if it's uh, if it works, then uh, if it jerks, it works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and that's you know whatever works for you. You know, some some people I, I never forget. Actually, my my old piano teacher. You know, that's another fact you didn't know. I used to learn the piano. Um, so this, many, this many does years. sound like some German films that I've I, I've watched. No, no, some, but the, the piano teacher comes. Actually, I've come to a junior piano. Sorry, anyway, come on. He uh, he says, "Oh, I have a whiskey or two before I go to bed, so I can sleep better." And I was fourteen, fifteen at the time, so I don't know why he told me that, but it's 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 interesting, right? Um, but whatever works, I'm, I'm sure, you know. And I can't. Uh, I I want to say it's my grandparents again, right? Like, a, you know, having a drink before before you go to bed just to calm your nerves down and um, you sleep better. You know, the the, the old trick. I mean, we do it regularly, right? We just, um, you know, we don't call it a nightcap. We just call it a bottle of wine. Um, but the sleep isn't as good. And there was another podcast. I don't remember the lady who was on the podcast. And, and, and I read lots of books on sleep because I'm so fascinated by it. Um, so I can, can talk about some, some other things in a minute as well. But anyway, she, she on this podcast, she said, if you have a really bad night's sleep, so let's say you wake up and you can't go back to sleep and so on, she says, just lie there, rest, right? So the body just rests and it's it's fine. She says, rather do that and then have a really tired day, try not to go to sleep and then go to bed a little bit earlier, not to make up the hours you sleep, but to have a good night's sleep. And I think you have a Garmin as well, right? So my, my Garmin really measures, you know, when, when I moved away from the um, from my Apple Watch and moved on to um, Garmin, Gar- Garmin is so much better because, I mean, the Apple Watch, you have to charge at night, right? So, so Garmin is better because you can actually leave it on your wrist at night. And, and uh, I, I have a Garmin, so if Garmin would like to sponsor us, then, you know, we're very open to that conversation. Yeah, that's a really good idea because I, I love Garmin. I mean, the user interface, we can talk about that, but uh, deep sleep, my best deep sleep starts around 10 o'clock until 1 or so. I get two, three hours deep sleep. And after that, you, you see the 90 minutes, right? Your, your, your light sleep, you know, REM sleep, whatever. And, and you know, it's a repeat of that, and it's brilliant. So if I want to get a good night's sleep, if I go to bed at 9, I, I sometimes, let's say I go to bed at 9, and my wife comes to bed at, at, at 1 o'clock. I had all my deep sleep at 1 o'clock. So she wakes me up, and I'm right away. I had, I had, the, I had the quality sleep. It's done, right? It's so great. I feel almost refreshed. I'm like, oh, time to get up. Um, but anyway, so so this researcher, she said, you know, just go to bed a bit earlier, get get this really good deep sleep, and the body will know if you need more deep sleep and will automatically put you into deeper sleep to recover more. And I noticed that as well. Again, I, I study my sleep daily, right? It's, it's the first thing I look at in the morning before I look at my emails, like how how well did I sleep? I'm a bit geeky in that sense, but it's you know how how well did I sleep? Right? And 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 I notice, right? Let's let's say exercise like today. I, I go to more deep sleep, 
um, at night. But if I if I exercise and then had wine at night, let's say, I still go to deep sleep, but not as long because the, the wine pre- prevents me from doing that. And it's fascinating. Oh, I had a Garmin just just to finish it off. Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm rambling on. I'm ra- 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 Ranting, or renting, um, I'm, I'm rambling on a bit. But before I um, had the Garmin, and when I slept my Apple Watch, I also tried like like these aura rings and stuff, right? But I did, did and still do have my sleeping app next to my bed, which also then picks up the movement from my wife, so it's not as accurate. But I have data going back to 2014, 2015, right? I have seven, eight years of sleep data. Like, how how is my sleep length? You know, changed right. How has my um, my my efficiencies changed, and and so on. And it also records. Uh, and that's a funny fact, right? It records um, noises, right? Like when you talk at night and stuff. So if you sleep talk, fascinating. Sorry, a bit of a rambling on, but there's so much to talk about in sleep. Have you uh, have you heard of ortho or orthosomnia? No, I haven't heard of orthosomnia. Is that when an author can't sleep? <laughs> It's, that's a, a great dad joke um it's boy it's basically it, it's like insomnia and stress that comes from getting obsessed with sleep data and it, it's sort of one of these things that's come about as a result of you know all these gadgets that we now have access to to measure our sleep well again something that, that nick talks about is, is this whole kind of well, and, and what I've referred to there, this whole thing of when you can't get to sleep and then you're stressing about the fact you can't get to sleep. So then you're even more stressed and you can't get to sleep. You know, he, he's like such an important part of of good getting decent sleep is not worrying when you don't get a full sleep. Uh, you know, again, I guess sort of relating to what you were saying about, um, the, well, you're expert, but he, you know, he was sort of saying that well again it's sort of thinking about those well i'm thinking i only had four hours sleep last night it's like oh well i'm gonna have to either have you know one of these controlled rest periods later in the day for 20 minutes or yeah sort of have we'll try and get an extra hour and a half in because i mean again he sort of talks about how you know he, he sort of works with these people that sail solo around the world and he's like well you know they can't have an eight hour sleep you know, they've got exactly. to sort of, you know, they, they I guess it's almost like the military thing, you know, you sleep when you're able to. But yeah, I mean, again, what you've said, I've, I've sort of, because I've, I've, you know, gone into a lot of research over over my life about it. And, it. and it sort of says about how laying there awake, as long as, you know, you're not stressing about the fact that you're laying there awake, that there isn't a exactly. great deal of difference between recovery from laying still to actually being asleep. I mean, there is, and I haven't done that research, but um, you know, in terms of your your body cells, right? If you get enough sleep, your body cells repair themselves, right? Whilst you sleep, whilst if you don't get enough sleep, if I say, you know, worst case, of course, it's always cancer, right? You always get cancer. What what else would you get? But um, you, you you know, the cells can't regenerate, so the cells start, I don't know, dying or whatever. So you look older probably, and there's only that much you can do with, with makeup. But do you, do you know what I mean? You know, like the, the dark bags and me, so I, when, when you get our age, you know, you just look rubbish. But, you know, 
it, I don't I don't know if it should be bored the listeners with my sleep stats. So so January twenty fourteen, right? So that's eight years of sleep data. So my sleep quality was actually the highest during lockdown. It's quite interesting. And uh, whilst in January two thousand fourteen, I went to bed between if I say ten thirty and eleven. Um, I now regularly go to bed, um, you know, if I say ten o'clock. I go to sleep. I shall say at ten o'clock, not not go to bed because I put it on when when I go to sleep. And I woke up consistently, you know, if I say on average, probably about 5.30. Um, time in bed has increased. But I, I think, and, and so on. I mean, the, the, the thing is, if you if you look at all the sleep data, I think, you you know, it's like with any data. And, and I'm a big fan of, of monitoring anything you can monitor. You know, not, not, not being obsessive about it, of course, but uh, to see where you can improve. Let's, let's use alcohol because we talked about alcohol. If you know alcohol destroys your sleep you know then you know if you just think about it for a moment let's say you had a really busy day you've been running around like a madman you know you get home at night and you're like a shitty day right and you go like i need to sleep i'm really tired so instead of doing that you go like oh yeah crack open a couple of beers right or you just down a bottle of wine right oh yeah that helps my stress then you go to bed you have a shitty night's sleep you wake up in the morning you know, feel like, oh, oh, groggy, maybe a bit hungover, right? You know, you, you set yourself up to, to if I say, for failure, right? You, you can't mm-hmm. perform, you can't make decisions, all these things you mentioned earlier. And, and it's, it's, it's this vicious cycle, right? Instead, you should come home and go like, you know, I don't know, I take a nap, I meditate, then I have a drink, then I go to bed. Or ideally, you don't have a drink and just go to bed to recover, you know, and see what the morning brings. But we don't. Of course we don't, because... <laughs> I mean, yeah, don't listen to our bodies, do we? Slightly separate topic. It's like you go on holiday to like relax and recuperate, and you end up just filling your body with like five times the amount of booze that you would normally. And yeah, you come back, what you know, needing a holiday. And it's it's true, right? When when I went on holidays this summer, uh, if I say this summer, whenever this episode goes live, my stress levels were a lot higher, and and obviously I, I drank, but also for me, I think it was the heat. That was quite interesting as well because I didn't drink enough to to push the stress level to that level, especially not after two weeks when you're used to all the booze, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but seriously, um, but you, you you have to watch that because heat again, heat is you know can can cause you know you don't sleep as well. We all know that if we have a really hot summer like we had last year or this year, you know if we have thirty forty degrees in the bedroom, you know who can sleep, right? You, your body lowers the temperature for sleep. But if they lower it from I don't know forty to 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 thirty eight, right? It's not enough. You know, I mean that's that's the whole point of us having blankets, right? Mm-hmm. Again, quoting Tim Ferriss, he he praises these uh, cooling cooling blankets, right, rather than heating blankets in your bed. Oh, um, uh, are they the weighted ones? No, they 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 actually I think they work with water, so they have a water circulation. Oh, right. Like a so similar to a heating blanket, but instead of having heated wires, you have cooled down water. So you have a little box next to your bed, which is really quiet, allegedly. I'm not at that stage yet to give out, you know, I think it's about four or five hundred quid. I, I'd love to try it out, but not for that price. I mean, going, well, going back to uh, to Nick, um, he has seven. You love this, Nick. I do, I do. Well, you know, as I say, I think, you know, my, my sleep has massively improved since I sort of took on board. A few of the things that um, that he said, but I mean, he's got yeah. seven KSRIs, which I assume are key sleep uh, or recovery indicators. But anyway, 
So he talks about well, number one is circadian rhythms, which, as I said, is kind of you know yeah. becoming more in tune with with sunlight and darkness. Uh, chronotype, which we haven't really talked about, but it's the thing of you know how some people are, are early morning people and other people yeah. are later in the day. But apparently, it's something like I think seventy percent of us are early risers and and 30 percent of night owls or it might be the other way around but um recovery in cycles is the third one which again you know what's what i talked about is that you know the 90 minutes in post routine so it's yeah what you're doing sort of during the day um ag- activity and recovery and balance so you know that's sort of obviously yeah yeah as you've said it's it's like you've got to rest rest as hard as you train i guess so yeah, you know, when you're more tired, you need more sleep um, and recovery environment. Which again, that's the sort of the right temperature, yeah. the right amount of of light, or you know, having light coming in at the right time. And also, uh, well, he number seven, the home and away sleep kit. So it is all about. I mean, for athletes, I guess, especially would say the tour, tour de france where they are sleeping in a different place each day it is you know re- how can you recreate that environment wherever you go but anyway you've I mean, uh, you've given me a time warning there volker yeah i know we, we need to come to an end uh, and i put the time on late as well but they, there's something else which again i i once got i think for free in a in a hotel i don't know which hotel it was i think I don't. I can't name the chain, can I? But I think it was in France actually where I got it, and it's called uh, from Zipworks Deep Sleep Pillow Spray, and, and it's it's a really small spray, and I think it's mainly lavender in there. Um, you get it at Amazon for uh, sixteen fifty. I just looking at it. Oh, there's one um, called Disworks as well, which I use. Yeah, it is from Zipworks, so it's probably the same brand. Oh right, yeah. And and they they it, it it works right. I mean, I sprayed it on my pillow. It just calms you down a bit when 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 you're abroad. Um, and 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 again, right? If that you know you 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 want to have your certain routine. What what always helps me, right? If I if I need to go to sleep anywhere, you know, in a hotel or whatever, is meditation, right? I mean, I know we talked about that before, mindfulness and, and meditation. But being able to just calm your mind down and you know and just relax before you go to sleep. Um, and the danger is if you meditate, you, you can fall asleep, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's probably quite similar from a brain functional point of view. But anyway, I think time is almost up. But thank you. That was good. I'm ready for my nap now. But actually, there, there, there's one, one last famous word because I want to say I'm, I'm going to get a coffee now, right? Since I gave up caffeine, I haven't noticed that I sleep better, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm prone to. But caffeine can massively impact your sleep, right? Yeah, I mean, in afternoons, evenings. Well, I I had a cup of tea just as we started, so you know it's two o'clock in the afternoon, and that for me that's kind of pushing it a bit. You know, it's I've really? had two. I mean, I, I tend to yeah limit my caffeine intake to the morning, but but what you were saying though, it's like whereas my stepdad he can have like a coffee literally just before he goes to bed, like and and sleeps. It's yeah, I I used to be like that, and you know why that works? If you're so used to to caffeine, you, you you drink it and you get this high, but you hardly ever notice that high, and you get this slump, this caffeine slump, so quickly that it actually puts you to sleep. So it used to work for me as well because I was so used to caffeine 
It's the same. I used to have an espresso before I took my nap. By the time you woke up 20 minutes later, the espresso was working. Yeah. And, and you got awake. So caffeine, oh, that's a whole other topic. But yeah, it's, it's just, you know, if you have any sleep problems, just, you know, have give a us a shout. Yeah. <laughs> Go, great way to end the episode. Let's leave it there. That's it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Feel free to reach out to Volker or David via our website, www.manupdown.com or podcast at manupdown.com with any feedback or to let us know what topics you'd like us to cover in the future. Hear you again soon.